Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a returning guest, the lovely Mandy Oliver. Yay! Hello! <laughs> we, like, couldn't stop talking when she got to the studio and like, oh, man, we gotta, we gotta start hitting record. I like that when we Getting have some of this on the radio. The person we both have been connected to for a long time, we can talk for a long, since amount of time, but then we're like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta actually record a show. Yeah. And still have things to talk about. Yeah. So much. So exciting. Um, so both of us have known Mandy for a long time. I have known Mandy for like 10 years, I think. Yes. 11 years. 11 years. Thinking over a decade for sure. Yeah. Hard to believe. And um, we met because you went to high school with my husband. No, you didn't go to high school with my husband. Your My husband. Your husband went to high went school to high with high my school husband. With your husband. Yes, and that whole little group of good people, good folks. I love that you decided to move here and you got to know each other. Yes, I remember your guys' wedding. It was so perfect. Gosh, I just I think it was shortly after I moved here that you guys got married. I want to say that would make sense. Yes, man, it feels like a lifetime ago, several lifetimes ago. So glad that this is stuck. I remember that wedding specifically because I danced Lady Gaga with Mandy's mom. Oh, yes, you did. I hope she's listening to this and can remember that moment. She's like, he's a really good dancer, Lady Gaga. He's really good. You're a good dancer in general. You You're can move. You're a very good dancer. Thank you. Thank you. I love this uplifting spirit we have in the studio today. All the compliments come in your way. And I'm going to one-up Lizzie here because I've known Mandy longer. I think I've known Mandy since okay. like Okay, I'm just going to leave. I'm yeah. going to leave. <laughs> Lizzie's done. Now it's just Mandy and Emery in the studio. <laughs> I've known Mandy since I think 2007. We actually lived together on Montana Avenue here in Louisville, Kentucky. And I lived with my roommate Brennan, Robbie, and then I think Mandy moved in because you started dating Robbie. Yes. And then Brennan moved out, and then Mandy and Robbie got married. And then I still lived there. <laughs> and I actually took the attic. So I lived, I was the bachelor in the attic above this married couple, which is like, sounds like a perfect sitcom. Really. I would watch that. We should have recorded some. And I, I remember just being like, I love that I live with this like sweet married couple. Like they're just, and, they're, and they're also like in their first few months of being married, living with some dude in the attic. I love that our first Christmas as a married couple was like a few, like maybe a barely a month after we got married and there's this great photo. There's no photo of me and Robbie next to the tree, but there is a photo of Emery and Robbie hanging tinsel on the tree together. I, so a photo, I remember a photo of me hugging Robbie and I was yes. like, that was right around that time. It was like, just after they got married. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Did you kind of have the honeymoon phase with them? Yeah, Were all three of you I just really, so enamored with I each really other? I did. And I remember I would bring, you know, a, a guest, a visitor home, you know, and it's just, it's weird to bring someone home with you to visit, you know, your bedroom or whatever, whatever might happen. But then you live with a married couple at the same time. You're just like, man, I feel like I'm doing, I feel like this is wrong what I'm doing to them. I feel like they're my mom and dad. I'm like trying to be secretive about it. It's all coy. But yeah, it was great. It was good times. I only wish in retrospect we'd had, you know, the wherewithal to like make you all breakfast every once in a while. Come down and be surprised. You yeah, know? it would have been nice. I love French <laughs> toast. I love cinnamon rolls. Oh my god, cinnamon rolls! Like cinnamon would, rolls are dope. That would have yes. been nice, but it, I don't think it ever. No, <laughs> we couldn't even clean the bathroom, so <laughs> we had <laughs> a better bathroom clean. Emery's very good at it. Mandy and I 
Not so much. Are, uh, well, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. You yeah, know? I'm, I'm a clean Just, freak. And, uh, and I'm okay with going. I can go to any, because people always apologize to me. I'll get in their car, go to their house, I'm like, I'm sorry for the mess. I'm like, it's really okay. It's only different if it's my space. So if it's my space, not the social media app, but my space where I live, <laughs> I want it to be very clean and very tidy. So you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.5 Ford Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, CastBox, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can also look for us on social media platforms. There's Two Nuts in a Pod on Facebook, which is 2TWO spelled out. And there's Two Nuts in a Pod on Instagram, which is 2 the number 2 because Instagram's all cool and hip. Mm. And that's on Instagram, Two Nuts in a Pod. You can also email us day or night. 24-7-365 at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. We will answer it probably pretty fast because we have 900 interns. So they're always working around the <laughs> clock to answer yeah. our emails. And honestly, thank God for them. They've I mean, they're, such... they're not interns. They're family. No. They are family. And that's the thing. When you come to two nuts in a pod, you're part of the family. So there's Lizzie, there's me, and there's 900 interns. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all part of our family. And it's just a really close knit group, but they're just answering those emails, quick clacking away, answering them. So it's pretty great. Yeah. So yeah, we love getting your emails. Please, please send them along. And you can send them about anything. Like if you particularly like a subject that we're talking about, or you want to discuss it more, or you're like, hey, you should talk to this person to be on the show, or like you want to be on the show if you're feeling brave, but you have to be really sad. You don't want sad people on the show. Yeah. Like Mandy took our sad scale, and she's sad enough to be. Show so she's just she barely made it, barely made it. (laughs) There's a lot of happiness there, so we were worried, but she barely passed the sad skill test. So she's on the show, sad enough for us, Mandy. So if you want to be on the show, let us know. Um, we're down to talk to anybody, I'll talk to a tree, I don't care. So, yeah, non human persons (laughs) bringing them on two nuts, (laughs) little dogwood tree in the corner. There are some flowers you can speak to the hydrangeas. We should Virginia's. talk about that because people sometimes bring us stuff, which is rare. Mm-hmm. We talked before about like the ghost at the studio bringing us some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> hope, he, hope he heard it. Hope he hears it. Yeah. Um, but Mandy brought us flowers from her garden. Delightful. And we just had brunch last weekend and she brought me flowers then too, which are still looking beautiful. So now oh, I nice. just get to put them in another spot in my house and... To clarify, I was not part of this brunch. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It was a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was girls only. That's okay. Yeah. It was a little gals brunch. I saw it on, I think, Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, that's nice. Look at them." It was very nice. I mean, next time you you can be invited. It will also be nice. I'll probably decline the invitation. <laughs> Out of bitterness, I'm like, uh, he's yeah, playing I hard can't, to get. I can't go. Emo, please. I'm <laughs> oh, we'd love to have you. Well, you're all on that. You're on that all-girl text. So yes, I, think, I uh, love hearing about that. I, I mean, love. I don't know if uh, Katie. Uh, I don't know if she said anything about being on the bed. Maybe she sent a picture. I don't know. There's so that all all women's text like that. That gets a lot of text messages each day. Um, they're sometimes well over 100, so it's hard to wow. keep up sometimes, you know, because there's, I think there's 12 of us, and and I got a lot to say, too, so I'm, I'm always chiming in there as well, but, like, it just, it can be a lot, so I may have missed it. Yeah, I've got one of those group texts, too, where I just, like, see all the notifications and then just kind of catch up after a while, which could be really fun. 
Oh yeah. But I feel like kind of a lurker in there. Like I don't, mm. I don't text there enough. So when I do, people are like, oh, there she is. <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> I even said once, I'm like, sorry, I'm a lurker. I've been reading. I've, you know, I like things a lot more than I actually type out a text response. And there's a few people in the group that, that women's chat that are like that. Uh, it's called girls chat plus emo or girls in emo chat, something like that. But yeah, there's a few people that like lurk a little bit and only respond here and there, but we appreciate all. We love it all. I love that chat. All different styles. I mean, I can look at my phone now. There's there's nothing to do. It, so. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice because like, especially during COVID, you yes. want that community. Like, and that was so important to me. It was like, hey, like, I may not see humans aside from my roommate ever really. But like having this connection, this community is so vital, especially during something that's so difficult as COVID or just like being isolated alone. So it's been great. So women's or girls in emo's chat, highly recommend. Yeah. Um, we also have one man in our chat. Oh nice. Yeah. Who is it? Uh Brad. Good for Brad. I'm like kind of like jealous. I don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> There's another oh, so alright chat, but save one. Man. <laughs> Alright, so let's start our first segment, which is How Are You For Real? So this is when we, like, no holds barred, talk about our feelings and what's going on in our lives. A little catch up. Um, you know, because people don't do that enough. People don't, like, talk about their actual feelings enough and... Like, people aren't honest when you ask them how they are most of the time. We have this thing where, like, I heard it's just kind of an American thing where you say, how are you? And then the person just says, good. And it's almost, how are you just means hi. Exactly. Like, it, it doesn't actually mean someone's asking you something where it's, like, different, like in the UK, for example. But, um, yeah, uh, here in this podcast family, radio show family, <laughs> We like to actually say how we are. We do it with all our interns, all our Niner interns. Before I come into the <laughs> studio and ask all of them, how are you for real? And it's like a really, it takes like 15 hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's like kind of extensive. Some of them have a lot of stuff to say. So, uh, Emo, let's yeah. start with you. How are you for real? Ooh, um, I'm pretty good. I uh, Things in life are, are busy. I'm a real busy bee. You know, I have the show here, I have my full-time job, you know, my house is kind of like Cat Floyd, but there's just a lot of stuff that I do on the side as well, a lot of community stuff, and it's exciting, it's fun, but it takes up a lot of my time, and so I have found in life lately is to just be very organized and be very strategic about my time and be very intentional about who I'm spending time with, what I'm doing, where I'm going. Um, because it just, it, it becomes so much. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, like I have to listen to my body and be like, dude, you're tired. Like, just lie down and take a nap. And so that's been helpful just to continue to listen to my body and listen to myself and listen to my gut in that regard. But, um, yeah, it's, I feel pretty good. I had, I had some bad news lately. And I told another friend this, I told a friend of the podcast and radio show, where I was like, the thing with me lately that I've noticed with mental health is that when something, when I get bad news, I'm sad about it. I give my time, I give my time, I give myself time to be sad, but I recover quickly. It's weird how quickly I recover. Because mm -hmm. in the past, 
Man, I'm bummed about something. I am bummed for a long time about that thing, and it just keeps coming up, and I'm bummed again. And now I had, I found out that I might have to have pretty serious surgery, uh, my spinal cord, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of terrifying. And uh, and then I found out that that trip that I had planned was canceled during the COVID. It was the the backpacking trip. Oh no! Yeah, I found out both of those back to back days. And uh, I was super bummed about it, but I was like, the next day I was like, I'm fine. I'm hunky-dory, as we referenced in the previous <laughs> show. Uh, I just, I found that, like, I can recover so much faster. And mm. I think it's because of what I've learned through therapy, different coping me- mechanisms and strategies I've learned, and, like, just maturing in a lot of ways and being like, hey, like, it's okay. Like, this sucks. But, like, you've got so many other things in life to be grateful and thankful for, and, like, You've got your community that's behind you and it's got in your corner 100%. Like, so reach out to them, ask for help, you know, ask questions. Like, this doesn't have to be the final end all be all, but like, it just noticing that in myself, I'm really grateful and happy for that. So, I'm really proud of myself to be like, hey, like, I get sad, crappy news, my bounce back. I will always recover. And I know that, like, this too shall pass and I'll be okay. And that has been really great. That's awesome. That's really powerful that you can notice like you are truly integrating or like moving through or with the emotion, not like bypassing it. Yeah. You know, like that, that is so powerful to me that like you can tell that you can see that the tools you've learned and are using are helping you to do that so that the turnaround time, it's not inherently better that it takes less time or anything like that, but it does help you like, continue to live your life, you know, in a way that feels nurturing. And I'm so sorry for the bad news, but I'm, it's like, that feels so worthy of celebration to me. It's seriously, it's weird. Like it's cause you know, when you get excited about stuff, you're like, Oh, I'm excited to go to a concert or excited to see somebody. It's like, Oh, why? Wow. Like I'm excited about my brain. Like my mm. brain is exciting right now. Yeah. My brain, the way it's working is exciting to me. And that's not something that happened before because a lot of times in the past, it's like, man, my brain kind of sucks. Like it's going to dwell on this for a really long time. This is really painful. But now it's like, Hey, like, man, like you have been training yourself to do this and it's working now and you see it and like, Holy crap. Like you have to step, step back and be like, this is working. Like it's, it's working. Like, yeah. Did you just raise the roof? I just totally did. <laughs> raise the roof. I looked over Manny and I was like, I think Manny's raising the roof right now. But it's seriously. I'm just dancing. <laughs> it's a celebration. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll raise the roof too. Uh, and now I got to do it. We're all just raising the roof. But like, it is so refreshing and invigorating to feel that. And like, I just, yeah, it's wonderful. So, like, to know that, like, get crappy news and be like, Hey, you've been preparing for this and building this and building these, this toolbox you have of all these strategies and coping mechanisms. Like you can do this. So it feels good. Wow. And that takes so much work. Like that's amazing. Truly. And it's like, you know, it, those skills that you developed, that's skills that like, you know, there are people who don't deal with depression who take, losses like way harder and maybe like don't know how to feel the feelings or Mm -hmm. um maybe dwell on them for too long and because you know it's one of those like gifts of depression kind of thing is it like makes you really know like have to be like intimately aware of your emotions 
Yeah, like the self-talk, be like, hey, Emma, you got this. Like, dude, you've been here before. Like, you've, you've seen some stuff, you've experienced some stuff, you got this. And, like, to know that, like, my brain is saying that is really refreshing because it was not like that before. Yeah. I'm reading a book called Trauma Magic, and just what you referenced, Lizzie, is one of the pieces of many that the author's, like, talking about. It's so cool to me. Like, yeah, things happen that, like, traumatize us or... And we live as like people who've experienced trauma and we talk, we can focus so much on the healing and the repair, which of course is so important and vital, but also can we not reimagine trauma as something that's like a gift, you know, Um, not that we would wish the harm done that caused the trauma on anyone, but like, that's, that's what it sounds like. So like, like the gifts of that attunement and that awareness, self-awareness that like, it's just so cool. I love your brain too. Thank you. It's a good one. We're gonna throw it around here. I'm gonna ask instead of Lizzie, I'm gonna ask Mandy. How are you? Ooh, <laughs> changing it up. At this very moment, I was saying to Robbie, like, I feel so excited for this, but I also feel like a little nervous. But I I know that that just means I'm like it means a lot to me. You know, it's important to me. So I feel really good. I feel <laughs> saying earlier to Lizzie and Emo that like uh, not having any children here and just being in the presence of adults is always like a thing, you know, like, wow, I get to just live on this plane of existence for a minute. Here. And to <laughs> and clarify for the listeners, you got three. three I have, yes, three children, ages three, five, and seven. And although the return to school for the oldest two um, in a regular capacity has like lessened the number of hours a day that I'm like one-on-one with them it's still you know an intense gig parenting and as much as I love and treasure it and as much as talking about gifts and struggles you know again like as much as the gift of more time with them through the pandemic that you know like I wouldn't have had otherwise like my oldest would have been at school full-time my middle probably would have been in more kind of you know activities or something I got so much more time with them, but uh, it's it, it's a load, you know, like just being present to them and really being with them. So um, these days, I feel like I'm really in a landing place. I realized how much I was sort of waiting for the other shoe to fall any minute, like any second we're going to be going back into quarantine. The Delta variant's going to get worse. Um, this rhythm and routine we've gotten into with my oldest kids going off to school, Robbie's in a new job, he's still at his employer, but like learning new, you know, new stuff for himself and me taking my youngest to speech therapies and things. I was like, any minute this is going to collapse and the built-in time this allows for me to have space to myself, space to focus on my own work or my own time or just cry in the car for an hour, you know, have some personal space is like just going to go away. And I didn't realize how much I was like holding on to that. Like, that's just going to go away any minute, almost subconsciously. But lately I feel like I've really been able to like acknowledge that and regard it and breathe into it and accept that I cannot predict what tomorrow or next week or next month will bring, but I can accept with gratitude the space two mornings a week for like three hours where I can just use that to catch up on cleaning <laughs> or uh, or sit in the car for an hour and cry 
just to process the grief of this year. So much of us are, so many of us are still processing so much of it. Or to like turn my focus to things like, I wrote a book, you know? And like, it's coming to be time for it to be like printed soon. And I know, which is so exciting and huge. And it's like, oh, there are things to do. Yeah, like I have to focus on that. But it's, it's offering me space to really focus on that. And that feels like I can breathe again. And I can tell that my children are benefiting from that and from me. And that like my relationship with Robbie is benefiting that, um, from that. So overall, it's like, it's a lot of, I'm in a stage of life where I'm juggling so many logistics and I have to like accept the waves of despair that come from fear of that kind of collapsing into an unknown again. But right now I'm like resting. I'm just trying to rest in it. Rest mm-hmm. while you can, you know, it's like a little lily pad <laughs> on the journey across this little river. Like it might just, the next one might just sink. That's okay. Right now, this one is supporting you and you can feel that support. And I just feel grateful that. Yeah, I'm getting the support I need. My baby, my 30-year-old, is getting the support he needs with his speech therapies. My older kids are getting the support and socialization they've been longing for. And my partner gets more of me and all of us. You know, it's a blessing. It's lucky. It's a privilege. But feeling good. Um, what's the name of your book again? I, I, I pre-ordered it, but I can't remember the name oh, of yeah. it right now. The official title is Perceptions, Pleasures, and Powers. And yeah, which, whoo, yes. that sounds like a lot. And I, it's so funny. I like had all these different titles that came and went like, no, 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 it's not this one. It's this one. But always as like a, a subtitle was like perceptions, pleasures, and powers. You know, I like, I couldn't let that go. I was like, that's the subtitle. And eventually when I, I was like, I don't think that this title is it, you know, to the publishers, the, um, it's an, loans the organization they do like environmental justice work and they're helping me coach through like publishing this and uh they said what about what you have all along just these three words you know perceptions pleasures and powers and I was like well dang I just didn't want to claim the intensity of it, it just sounded so intense I love like, it. you know like people are gonna be like what does that mean pleasures <laughs> perceptions power what you know these are words that are like bit jarring but I hope it feels um, I hope once people open it they see it's really I hope it feels like that lily pad like a landing spot like to hold you in the, in the midst of these journeys that can be so rewarding as you just mentioned Lily, and so trying you know especially when there are things so beyond our control like global pandemics and that's what where it came out of which we can talk about later but came out of that process so it's like, a, I mean, like those memes where it's like, I, I'm going to butcher it, but you know, the like, t- me still grappling with the trauma of 2020 and like, and here comes 2022, like almost coming. It's like, oh God, you know, feels so real sometimes. 2022 is just a few months away. Truly. And it's like, man, still integrating, you know, still, still trying to figure out what a lot of this meant living in the pandemic and how we need to reorganize or reorchestrate community and connection, all that stuff. So, but all in all, feeling very grateful and like feeling like I have some places to rest to remember like how I actually am. That's great. Thanks for listening. So therapeutic. <laughs>
here. <laughs> so thank you. So thank you for sharing, Mandy. Lizzie, though. Yes. You for real. I am doing okay. Um, I mentioned on our uh, the last time we in our last episode that uh, I have started quitting benzos. Um, I and so I'm in that process. I'm going off of Ativan. And, um, I just took like my second taper a few days ago and, um, I wasn't expecting the taper to happen. Like my prescriber was just switching me over to Valium because it's, it's better for withdrawal symptoms because it's longer acting. So it leaves your system more gradually. And basically when she switched me over to it, um, the equivalencies that she's using are different from like the manual that I've been following, um, which says that the equivalency is a much higher amount of Valium than she gave me. And I didn't even look it up until that first night of the dose reduction. I just didn't sleep at all. And I was like, Oh no, this doesn't feel right. Mm. So then I looked and it's called the Ashton manual. It was published in 99, but it's still used by like benzo clinics around the world, like as this source for going off of benzos. Like she, um, the psychologist who wrote it, Heather Ashton, I believe, uh, she worked with, you know, hundreds of patients, um, like, you know, documented, her work with them and just learned so much that she became this like, you know, cornerstone of like, you know, how to get people off of them. And, um, you know, one of the things is a really slow tapering method. A lot of times people go to like rehab clinics and they just cut them off cold Turkey. And then that is, can be really traumatizing because the withdrawal is so bad. Um, but it can also cause a longer withdrawal. So anyway, uh, I'm trying, I'm having to be pushy with my prescriber, which I really don't like. And it just, you know, makes me feel like, oh, I hope she's not offended or something. But I'm also, yeah, if with this dose reduction, um, the way it's going to work is like, I'm going to have another dose. If she doesn't increase the prescription, I'm going to have another dose reduction in like a week. Um, and then another significant one like a few weeks later. So it's basically like if she doesn't make a change, then I've, I've kind of prepared myself for like, this could be a rough period of time coming up. But, uh, I do, I'm still feeling really good about quitting. And even though I've got like really high anxiety right now, um, I do just feel like I have been feeling just so much like sharper and so much like in like just present in my life. Um, and like I've, I'm already seeing the benefits of quitting. So it's like, it, it's, it definitely keeps me going. And, um, also like I've been doing a little yoga and like I've this, been doing this breathing exercise when you get really anxious where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it at the top for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, and then hold it at the bottom for four. Nice. So it's like the four method. 
There's other ones too, like four, seven, eight, but I don't have that kind of like um, <laughs> capacity. Yeah. Um, sure. So I like the, the four method, nice. but uh, yeah, it engages your parasympathetic nervous system and just tells your body to calm down. And it's amazing. It, it literally works every time, like more instantly and better than a pill. Um, so I just have to remind myself do, to do that, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to practice doing it. So um, that's really helpful. And just journaling and um, seeing my awesome therapist once a week. Still love her. She's been mm-hmm. great. Good. And uh, CBD oil has been helping a lot. Nice. So, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I freaked out when I first kind of realized, like, uh, I might be dealing with some really fast dose reductions and just that lack of control really freaked me out. But I also realized, like, once I came to terms with it and I thought out each scenario, I thought out the worst case and the best case. And I was like, you know what, even with the worst case, it's going to be a rough few weeks, really. And then it, it should get a little easier. And I already feel like I'm coping with my anxiety so much better that like, I don't feel afraid of my anxiety anymore. When I was taking out of it all the time, it was like I had built up this like meta anxiety, like yeah. anxiety about anxiety. And I was like taking it to prevent the feeling before I even had it. It was like, um, I just wasn't, I was terrified of it and I'm just getting a more intimate relationship with it now. And I'm realizing like, it can also be really like galvanizing. And I don't know, I heard uh, somebody, a a psychologist who, she's a neuroscientist, I think. And she has a TED talk called Good Anxiety. I'll look up her name and post it in the show notes. But uh, she talks about some of like the positives of anxiety And one of the things is that like you are really prepared for things, you know, you prepare for every scenario. So like it can help with things like public speaking and, Mm. you know, um, things where you think it would just hurt. It's like, you know, there's positive parts of it. So I'm trying to see it as like, you know, I am becoming activated right now, but like, that's okay. And I can breathe through it and I have tools and like, I'm not scared of it anymore. Anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of you no more. Mm-hmm. Even a panic attack. Bring it on. Let's do it. Yeah, bring it on. It might be fun. <laughs> I've, I've had plenty before I could, and I've never died. There That's the thing. No one's actually died from a panic attack. I remind myself of that all the time. It's like, yeah, you might feel like you're going to die, but you're not actually going to die. So, That's so powerful. I'm wrangling my anxiety right now. Yeah, you sound like amazing. I wanted to call you a bitch. I can say that. <laughs> I want to beat Mandy. We'll, we'll, I know. We'll bleep it. Okay, good. She's a Sounds so what? powerful right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It, it feels really good. And it also feels good that, like, my depression has lifted and, um, it really, when I went back to work and got with this therapist is when the depression really lifted and quitting out of van only helps because long-term use can make you more depressed. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize that, but that explains some of it too. But, uh, yeah. So 
now that I don't have the fog of depression and I'm like just dealing with anxiety, it's like, oh, it's so much better than dealing with both of them at once, which I was for like half of COVID, most of 75% of COVID. I had so many like shows we did where I was just like, I'm bad. Yeah. (laughs) Just right in a row. It was like relentless, but um, yeah, I'm feeling powerful. I'm feeling good. So glad you're feeling it. Uh, so on that note, it's time to take a quick break and we will be right back. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back with Mandy Olivon, good friend and friend of the show. And, uh, yeah, we just want to like, this is the part of the show where we dig into your life a little bit and really like kind of find out we, what your experiences have been really since like the last time you recorded with us, but like what's been going on with you mental health wise, like, yeah, you know, I know you mentioned that COVID has with just, and still is just a huge like thing that you're processing and you're shitting sure. through, but yeah, just like what's been going on. Yeah. Thank you. Like it feels like such an honor to have this space. So thank you. But it, I mean, I feel when I was thinking back, I was like, what did I say? You know, two and a half years ago or whatever. <laughs> it was almost three years ago. It was when a very I was fire and brimstone that. speech. It was really, really <laughs> you know, just like me, like very, like, <laughs> really oh, like, got mad on the podcast (laughs) started throwing things no but like I was and I thought back and listened and I was like yeah I was talking about so much of what does still feel true in terms of my journey like that much of my life I felt grateful because while I had not at the time of that recording like been in formal therapy and I had never taken like medicine for mental health needs I had so many other things that functioned to meet those needs or that helped me explore those parts of myself, like becoming self-aware and things. And a lot of those happened within community. And that's a huge privilege of my life. You know, I feel so lucky and it wasn't of my own volition that like I found myself in communities of folks who were like regularly holding deep space for like self-examination and integrating practices into our lives to be more aligned with our values. I mean, like, I just had such a a blessing that since then, though, (laughs) um, you know, it's there has been a pandemic and there have been a lot of things in my personal life um, that, you know, like everything is change. Things are always changing. And 
like certain things changed um, in my relationship. I then had three children. Um, I was, you know, we've had to discern at some point we were really, uh, and we did live in community with another family in our house and we had to discern what living in community looked like moving forward. You know, we haven't since had anyone sharing space in our home and like, what does that mean values wise? And just my children being who they are. They're three very different, unique beings who teach me constantly about making, holding space for their becoming. Um, but so I am very pleased to say that it took far too long. I should have done it decades sooner, but I found a wonderful therapist who's helped me so much. Mm-hmm. She's just an incredible person and has really accompanied me through some spaces of my life. And while I don't feel it's necessarily appropriate to get into the details of the complexities of the stuff I've gone through, I mean, really, I I just felt like that, or I haven't lived at times in the past few years very well in accordance with values. And I've realized how those actions stemmed from truly like unexamined, you know, patterns of, you know, childhood stuff. I had a lovely upbringing, very supportive parents. And yet we all grow and have these things, these internalized messages, these things we need to work on as adults. And I hadn't fully acknowledged some of these things like extreme, um, like codependency kind of scenarios and figuring out how to differentiate myself from like other people's needs and wants. Mm -hmm. Like people really like when you just meet their needs all the time. And then when you start to get really honest about who you are and, oh, I have needs that maybe even conflict like with what someone else needs. And now I'm like saying that and I'm setting a boundary and that's really hard. And how, how do you find the balance between like being sacrificing to a degree yourself in relationship with others, like that selfless love and meet your own needs. And I think like my pendulum just kind of swung extremely for a while. You know, I didn't nail it. I didn't do a good job of like being a loving partner or parent or community member at various times. And, you know, no one died. And um, I am allowed to mess up and learn so what felt like a huge gift was this past year, um, you know, through all this wonderful therapy and learning and getting honest with myself and with some of my key relationships in some of my key relationships, getting more um, transparent and wanting to like make it a practice of really tuning into my body and my feelings under the like, how are you? Good. You know, like, I'm good. Of course, you want me to be good. So I'm good. You know, or I'm, I'm, I'm reflective today, you know, because, and it's like, I wasn't like a hundred percent fake or something like that. I mean, there was, I was there, but I just really struggled with um, knowing how to find that balance. And that's when through COVID, I was like 24 seven in the house, like so many people listening. I know we each had our own very, and have had our own very, particular struggles through the pandemic that are like that only exacerbated systemic issues, you know, of inequity and access to lack of access to certain supportive resources and things. Um, 
but what one gift that came out of it for me is that I asserted a need like every once a week, I need a solid one to two hours just to write. And I ask people, do you want to be a part of this process with me? Every week I'll send you an email with some reflections and some practices. Like let's, let's reflect on these things. And then like, what would happen if you tried these different things like um, making intentional space just this week to like really sit with and feel your relationship to your body. I'm just drawing out random examples that were like, you know, this week really accepting this idea of trust. Like where have you trust yourself? Well, where, when, where have you like betrayed yourself? You know, like really sitting with those questions, but like in community in this virtual way that still allows for that private exploration. Anyway, it was like salvational for me through COVID to like have this excuse. I'm writing it for these, for this group. I'm writing it for me. You know, I'm writing it for my sanity. <laughs> um, and when this year came up, one of the self journey things was around like getting bolder to move from publishing just like on social media things I write or these practices like maybe I maybe I would look into publication you know I've never been successful anytime I've looked into that and the first organization I reached out to was like yeah sounds sweet god it sounds really compelling and sure enough what I had worked on through all of COVID they were like this is a needed and beautiful offering we would help you publish this was just like knock my socks off like I wildest dreams could could not have even chased this idea it's like the printer is like the most you know environmentally responsible printer in North America or Canadian printer people helping me with this are just such aligned people working on the front lines of environmental justice but so tender with my vulnerable and ignorance you know um, like knowing that I'd never published anything, I'd never printed anything like all these things. So that was a huge gift um, to like feel affirmed in that. And that's like, I bring all this up because I feel like what you all shared at the beginning with how are you really just so connected with me, like the idea that, especially in these times, like COVID again, only highlighted this. We need to be finding ways to hold space for one another, for ourselves, to truly grieve, to truly feel our feelings. And that doesn't necessarily mean as you like so wonderfully put email that like you're, you're lingering in it for days and days on end necessarily. Maybe it does require that. Maybe it requires more time than that, but just that we really are acknowledging and, and feeling it. And I just love, like, Lizzie, what you were saying about just that awareness and tenderness toward the journey, like what it requires each step of the way. Like, we can't always predict what that will require. And, like, COVID is something unlike most of us have ever experienced. We don't know what it takes to, like, recover from that. I mean, I would also put out there that it's not just a mental health struggle. Like, in terms of mental health struggles, right, are intrinsically exacerbated by or hindered you know the healing or the help or the sitting with is hindered by you know all kinds of depressions and like acknowledging our own individual intersections of both oppression and privilege you know each of us 
pretty much, with rare exceptions, embodies sort of this tapestry of both. And so how do we reckon with that? How do we really let ourselves sit? And as I was writing through COVID, the uprisings in protest of the murder of Breonna Taylor were happening, you know, just down the street from me. And that felt so connected to, like, we are so um, disconnected that this happens, that, you know, these... Um, that certain people are murdered at, you know, a different rate and that there's violence happening for certain people in ways that aren't happening for others of us. And we can't heal that. We can't begin to work in community toward new ways of like, you know, um, reconciliation and um, new systems that actually support justice and liberation if we aren't sitting with the grief of it, if we aren't sitting with the the discomfort of being a white person and acknowledging your privilege, the discomfort of being underprivileged or marginalized and being part of a global majority that doesn't have access to resources that the global minority does. And like, it's all interconnected, but it's just, it just feels like that's kind of the next like springboard for me. Like I was saying earlier, having this little bit of space from my children and from anyone it's like allowed me to have a time to feel. And, you know, something in that space I've realized is like, I never have taken um, medication for my severe anxiety at times, like postpartum issues, never done that. And um, that's something I need, to, I want to examine. Are there internalized ideas I have about like, maybe even ableist things I've internalized that keep me from uh, considering that as an option? Or is it like my, and or, you know, is it my fears around losing control, afraid that I'll start taking a substance, you know, substance abuse runs heavily in my family. And so I've always sort of had this hesitation around substance use just across the board. Um, so maybe it's tied to that, you know, but I mean, I want, I think this stage of life is like, that's the next step for me. It's getting much more curious about and holding space for why I haven't turned toward that because certainly my anxiety is debilitating. You know, I, I'm not as all kinds of things as I could be if I, um, had some help with that. And it highlights too, like the absence of community, uh, physically present community in COVID. I think, you know, that's something I've leaned on that's helped me to cope and not having that and maybe not having it in the way I've had it for quite some time. You know, I don't know what that will look like in the future. So grateful, like, you know, vaccinated. My parents are vaccinated. My kids are hanging out with their grandparents right now. You know, these are realities that like, were so not possible just um, mere months ago, but it feels good to like be looking at what's what I can sit with to um, take my next step in my journey of being more present. Like I love how you were saying that, Lizzie, that you felt so much more present. And to me, that that's the the catch. I can tell how much I'm disassociating in moments, especially around my children. It's like. I'm saturated. I can't take in anymore <laughs> of the noise or the intensity of the connection. Like, mom, dad, you know, I can't even take in anymore. So I like just completely check out. But how can I set boundaries to 
engage with that with more intention anyway. It's I'm, so, like, I'm so glad that you're, that this year or two years has forced you to make time for yourself and be assertive about your needs because that's one of the first things I noticed about you is you're like such a giver, like emotionally and in so many ways. And like, that's just kind of who you are. Um, but like no one can sustain that without taking care of themselves. And like the past couple of times I've seen you, like I can see a difference in you. Like I can see oh, like thanks. you just, you seem just really comfortable with yourself and um like I mean you you always seemed comfortable with yourself to an extent and and happy but like right now you just feel like you're vibing on life oh like when I see you it's just like yeah you're just like this breath of fresh air and you've got the cute bangs and (laughs) it's just like you're yeah it feels like you're just in your element right now for sure. I mean, I thank you so much for like holding up that mirror for a minute. Cause as, I mean, as y'all know, it's really hard to see your own progress sometimes or to like, you can rest for a minute, you know, give yourself permission. Like you don't have to be just like climbing away, growing all the time. You know, where's the next leap? It's like, you can just sit and be with where you are. And I appreciate that. Just that moment. I'm like, Oh, people see that people I love see that. And, you know, it, yeah, it's been a wild journey, like, for sure, accepting more of, like, my sexual expression and more of, like, my identity in many different facets. It's, like, it's all so connected. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that strikes me over and over again. The more people I talk to, the more I listen and learn how, like, these layers of the, the microcosm of, like, ourselves and the hurts and harms, the oppressions and privileges, like, that's reflected outward too and it doesn't mean that one form of change has to come before another like they can happen in concert but trusting that like the work I'm doing on myself is worthy and not just because it's tied to like collective liberation it just happens to be this beautiful truth that like it is you know and so and like you're allowed that as a human being you're allowed to and you have to like take care of yourself and your own and like I just really related to the codependency stuff too like I learned recently that um well I learned through TikTok so you you can tell me (laughs) people who know more about codependency can tell me if this is real or not but um I've seen lots of things that have made me be like oh I'm really codependent um I tend to be with my partners mainly but it's like one of the things is like if you are avoiding expressing a need because of the way it will make your partner feel like Mm. that's codependency bingo it's like (laughs) wow i have that for sure totally oh god me me but it's yeah it's like not even realizing like oh i'm operating so much of my life in this way and then like the gentle like oh wow how different it can be like when i do acknowledge that part of me and don't beat it up. Don't like just focus on how awful it is that I am this way or something, you know, some like weird internal bully that comes out in me. But just be like, yeah, that served you for a while. It got what you needed. You felt safe. You know, you felt secure. You felt loved when you did that. Now you see people can still love you even if you make them uncomfortable, make mm-hmm. them unhappy for a minute, you know, yeah. because it's not you making them unhappy. 
you know, that's another layer I had to like disentangle. It's like owning your impact, owning your, you know, your actions while like sometimes just expressing how you are. It's not a harm, you know. So definitely learning that. I'd have a companion in the journey. <laughs> All right, so we got to do some lightning round gratitudes. All right. Um, who wants to start? It's not how the whole thing goes. <laughs> Make <laughs> money, emo. It ended with emo. That was <laughs> I am grateful for uh, just good friendship and connection. I was recently, well, today I was invited to do something in, uh, it was like the playoff new market, whatever, playoff market, whatever it's called. Um, but I'd never been before, which is like really close to where I live. And a friend invited me and uh, we had, we just, yeah, had a lot of fun. And it was just a really nice experience. And there was actually an inside joke that I'm not going to get into. It's pretty funny though. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> but it was just like, it made me laugh so much. It's just, I love that, that genuine feeling of just like pure laughter. It just is so great. Yeah. Awesome. It's so good. I'll you go Andy. next. Yeah, yeah. You're great at gratitudes. I'm terrible at them. So oh. I always try to go last. <laughs> well, I'm particularly grateful. The other day I had a chance to see a mentor I hadn't seen in literally years, who I used to see almost every day. And just being able to sit with this mentor who like also through COVID is medically fragile. So I really just didn't get to see them for many reasons. I just was overwhelmed with that remembrance that I am the product of, or just the, you know, continuation of so much love and support over the years. And I just like, I feel so grateful for my mentors, my parents, Joe, this mentor, my mentor, Michelle, people who have been teachers, but also truly my companions and like never patronizing me, always just seeing me as this like unfolding being and holding me up. So cheers to the, the teachers and the, you know, supporters of the world. Yeah. Um, so you gave me an idea for mine. Nice. I'm grateful for therapists. Like, yes. Even the therapist that I didn't necessarily click with or that like it didn't stick with that long. They all taught me something. And like now that right now when things are kind of click, clipping, clicking, <laughs> like clicking for me with my coping skills, I'm like, people have been telling me this for literally 10 years. <laughs> Every therapist has told me <laughs> to try breathing techniques. And I've been like, oh, uh, that doesn't work as well as a glass of wine. <laughs> like, it's breathing. It's so much easier than pouring a glass of wine. It's so much healthier. But it's like people have been telling me these things work for so long. And I'm like, finally, like, have the motivation to really try them because I don't have my, like, you know, numbing tools. Yes. And I'm like, wow, this stuff really works. Like mindfulness does work and journaling does work. And yeah. So thank you all the therapists for telling people things that they can't hear for a really long time. Oh, for sure. Even you don't get to see their aha moments, but like, if you've been my therapist in the past 10 years, thank you. And you've <laughs> added You've all contributed to me being at this point of like yes. being okay, even though I'm quitting something that's highly 
addictive and, you know, does a lot of bad stuff to your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank nice. you, therapist. Good job, therapist. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you again, Mandy, for being on the show. It's thank always you. a wonderful time. Always love chatting with you. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Emo's had enough. We got to wrap this up. Get out of here. It looks like you're about to fall asleep earlier. I know. <laughs> Just droning on. <laughs> I love you so much. You know, that's why I can think of <laughs> All right, guys, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.